0: This is Atma Buddha. Today is March 27, 2022. And the title of today's podcast is Episode 76: The Greatest Obstacle to Liberation. And I'm just going to begin this with reading something I wrote earlier, because what we're talking about here is external desire. And external desire, the reason it is the greatest obstacle to liberation is because it makes you think you are incomplete unless you get that object of your desire, whatever that may be. And let me just read to you what I wrote earlier. Nicotine withdrawal has such a wonderful, deep meaning. It certainly is a conflicted state of being whereby divisions occur within yourself it's is almost like a civil war in a sense the biological cells of your body crave nicotine since they are addicted and they covet this as a source of power and pleasure they try to send all the signals they can to the brain to try to influence the master of your body being you into facilitating nicotine into your body. Your mind has a choice to obey these withdrawal signals from your body or to quit cold turkey, rejecting the dominance of your biological signals. By discerning which voice to listen to, you have acknowledged the existence of hierarchy. Just as your arms. Have less intelligence than your brain. So, also, not all sources of knowledge are equal. Some perspectives are truer than others. The addle minded addict is generally going to have a more limited perspective than someone who is more clear headed. External desire, in many ways, is like nicotine. People get addicted to the rush of it and forget that other more superior experiences exist why desire something when you can love something why is desire seemingly more popular than love people are addicted to desire because it is all they know and haven't tasted love yet As more people taste love, less people will choose desire. Desire will feel its power slipping and be screaming and try to coerce others to let it dominate them. And thus concludes the written portion of today's topic. And we're just going to go dive deeper into that. And if we have time later on, we might delve into some other written topic. But firstly, this All comes back even to the biblical story of Adam and Eve. Adam, as the story goes, was the first, and then Eve was born out of the rib of Adam. Now, I've seen this as a symbol of Adam being symbolized by truth and Eve with love and love being an emanation of of truth. But then it comes down to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. There's the story of Eve seeing the fruit on the tree, and they were forbidden by God to touch or eat this fruit, apparently. And from what I understand, this fruit is a symbol of external desire. So when they consumed this fruit, they invited external desire into their life. And because they now have desire, which is the feeling of being incomplete, guess what? They are no longer in paradise. Because as long as you feel incomplete, you can't be happy in the moment. Now, can you? Because you're thinking about what you want, about what you need to do to be happy. And then you're out chasing after what is going to make you happy. And then what happens after you get what you want? Well, then you look around for something else you want because that work seemed to work out fine, right? You were able to obtain the object of your desire. You got it. You got happy, but it doesn't last. You do, you want to go and find something else to, to make you happy. And so this becomes the suffering of human nature, this bondage to desire and feeling like you always need to go out and find something else to complete you without feeling this completion, this satisfaction within you. And that is why the initial story about the nicotine analogy is so apt, because just like desire, when your body is physically addicted, now it doesn't have to be nicotine, it could be as mild as caffeine, it could be as extreme as heroin or any of these new pharmaceutical substances like fentanyl and so forth like that but when your body feels like it cannot be complete without some sort of substance in your body to get to fix you to get you that fix well you're never going to be in a permanently enlightened state because there is an attachment and that brings to a deeper understanding of this because then it brings you to the concept of hierarchy. I know that there are some in the quasi-spiritual awakened community that try to say that there is no hierarchy, that everybody's beliefs and opinions are equal to each other. But what it comes down to is that your body itself is evidence of inequality. If you know that smoking is unhealthy for you or that having a physical addiction to some substance is unhealthy for you. Well, guess what? If you are addicted to that substance, almost every cell in your body is screaming for that substance. And so how do you break free of that addiction? Well, you exercise a form of mind over body. You're choosing which voices to listen to within your own body. Are you choosing to follow these biological urges of your body? Or are you choosing a higher, wiser, more intelligent perspective because you're seeing a bigger picture of how in the end this is harming you? that your body may not know that it is harming you because that just, it just knows that that's what it wants, like some kind of animal or some kind of beast. And this ultimately is what hierarchy is about. Now, there's been a perversion of this concept of hierarchy on earth, you know, with human versions of hierarchy and tyrants and, those that seek power and to lord it over others out of some sort of egoic nature of competition and dominance. But that is not what real hierarchy is about. Real hierarchy is about choosing the wisest, the best voice within you to listen to. It's not about external voices per se as much as it is about internal voices. And this is where you have different philosophies. You know, like if you're a hedonist, what is that about? Well, that's about anything goes. Just listen to your body. Do what feels good. Have no regard for tomorrow. Just live in the presence, in the present. And of course, that has the weakness. Well, if you only live in the presence, in the present without thought for tomorrow, guess what? You could end up homeless. You could end up kicked out of your home. You can end up not being responsible and fulfilling your duty to society, whether it be paying your taxes, whether it be being a good member of your community or your family or being a good father, or being a good mother. And so there's different voices that we listen to, and that is basically proves the concept of hierarchy because then you can understand that yes, not everybody has the same level of wisdom or intelligence. Not all minds are created equal. You're not going to ask some person working at a fast food restaurant about what's wrong with you medically. You're going to go to a doctor for that. And the same thing is true with all aspects of your life. And that is what hierarchy is about. And on the grander scheme of things, the highest version of at the pinnacle of hierarchy is absolute truth. In other words, your truest authenticity, the truest version of yourself. And the only person that can be an authority of what that is to you would be you. And that's part of the purpose of the spiritual journey is having these layers of you revealing themselves on your spiritual path and becoming the person that you are born to be and hopefully that person is going to be a more excellent version of yourself than you were yesterday or last year or five years ago so that we keep coming and culminating higher and higher to become as excellent as we can be because the ultimate version of excellence the best excellence is the ultimate, the absolute itself. And as I mentioned before, Swami Sivananda said, and I've not seen this quoted on the internet, I got read this many years ago from an actual book in the bookstore, but he said, to experience the infinite requires infinite patience. And that's why it's so important to reaffirm within yourself, to be stubborn in your spiritual practice, That you are complete. And so the main obstacle, of course, in your spiritual practice as the purpose of this podcast is external desire. Because as long as you have external desire, and we're separating that, of course, from biological impulse. If your body tells you you're hungry or something like that, that's not what we're talking about in terms of external desire. What we're talking about is, let's say you see something when shopping and it's like, oh gosh, I need that. I really, I I, I need that. I'm not going to be happy unless I buy that. Or I just, this shirt, I really desire this shirt. I really desire these pants. It's like, on the one hand, these things are normal, right? This is, you know, shoppers desire, you know, shopkeepers, they want their products to be as desirable as possible. That's just a fact of business. But there's a subtle distinction. Shopping can be a very healthy activity, especially if you are buying what you love. And that seems very nuanced to buy what you love compared to buying what you desire. But on the one hand, when you buy what you desire, you're saying you're incomplete unless you have this object of your desire. Whereas if you buy what you love, you're buying it because you love it. That doesn't mean that you're incomplete if you don't buy it. Because you can love the sky. You can love the moon. But you don't have to own the moon. You don't have to be able to put that moon into your pocket to be happy. The same thing, you can love your mother. But you don't desire your mother, right? You don't want to be covetous. About your mother, and to not let anybody else meet your mother because your mother belongs to you. No. Love is liberating. External desire is like slavery, it's bondage. And that is why many sages and wise people of the past have said that desire is the enemy of peace. The great Buddha, his fourfold path is all about mastering desire when it comes down to it. And so how do you master desire? Well, the idea is, the goal is to feel so complete within yourself that there is no room for desire to have such an abundance of love in your heart and to have such an abundance of inspiration in your mind that there is no room for desire. There is no room for doubt. And what happens when you do that? Well, then, what else (laughs) is about desire? Well, all of the vices. If you master desire, guess what? you've mastered fear, you've mastered anxiety, you've mastered lust, you've mastered envy, you've mastered jealousy, because all of these things, greed, they all have to do with desire. Now, does that mean you can't make money, that you can't have sex? Absolutely not. In fact, the best version of sex is not sex, but making love. It's about having it be an extension of your being and about how you're expressing and exchanging love with your partner. The love of money is not a bad thing. You can love money and not feel diminished if you don't have it. Desire is the root of all attachments. When you are attached to an idea or concept it has desire at the root of it now metaphysically i can turn that on its head and say that the mind w- can attach itself to truth and this would be a desireless form of communion so attachment in the context of desire Is about incompletion but when you attach yourself to the ultimate you are attaching yourself to completion and that is a good kind of attachment because then you are experiencing unity then you are experiencing interconnectedness when you are attached to the concept of love that's a good thing because love can be experienced all of the time every second of every day you don't even need an object to feel love in your heart you can just have a love of life a love of yourself a love of every moment and whatever you're doing you could love looking at the stars you can love looking at nature You can love looking at your children or your beloved and carry this feeling of love everywhere. And that's the difference between the greatest obstacle to liberation, which is external desire, and having that internal abundance, that harmony, that communion with the infinite, that feeling of completion, of being complete, that there is nothing that you're lacking because everything is inside of you. That spark of the infinite is inside of you and you are awesome. You are everything that you seek because that infinite spark is in you. And not only is it in you, it's in everybody else. And when we have relationships, we are seeing that spark of the infinite, in your partner, in your children. And that becomes the glue that keeps us together. And it doesn't make us feel incomplete. It makes us feel complete because we become reflections and mirrors of each other. And what happens when two mirrors come together? It's infinity. There's no limits. This concludes today's podcast. You're welcome to visit divinity.com and reach out on social media. This is Atma Boda signing off. Until next time, you have a fantastic day.